Kalo Pascha. That's Greek for Happy Easter. Okay, so I'm about three weeks late in the UK, but only two weeks late in Greece. I don't know why they seem to know exactly when Jesus was born, but don't seem to have any idea when he died. It can be anything from the 22nd of March to the 8th of May, depending on whether you follow the Julian or Gregorian calendar. Mine's actually from the World Wildlife Fund, so I have no idea when Easter's supposed to be. Somewhere during the month where there's a picture of a bunny rabbit, I suppose. It doesn't matter what calendar you buy, Christmas Day is always on the 25th of December. Jesus being born, very conveniently, slap bang in the middle of a three-day bank holiday. Christmas Eve is always on the 24th of December, and Boxing Day the 26th of December. But Easter? Uh, hmm, not sure, really. March, April, May-ish sort of time? All very confusing. And that's why lots of the days before and after Easter Sunday have to have special names. Because you can't just say, Oh yes, we always go to church on 18th of April every year. It doesn't make sense. So you have to say Palm Sunday. That's the Sunday before Easter Sunday, which in Eastern Christianity is the day after Lazarus Saturday. Then in Western Christianity you've got Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. Always puzzled me that one. I mean, what's so good about having bloody great nails driven through your hands and feet and stuck up on a cross till you croak? You've also got Spy Wednesday, which is apparently so named because that was the day Judas Iscariot did his deal with the Sanhedrin to rat on Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But why Spy? Judas was hardly a spy. Jesus knew exactly who he was. A snitch, a squealer, a stoolie, a narc, even a tittle-tattle, but surely not a spy. Makes far more sense to call it something like Supergrass Wednesday rather than Spy Wednesday. Fortunately, it's quite a bit simpler in Greece where Easter week is just Big Week and the days are just called Big Monday, Big Tuesday and so on. Lent is a little different, though, as the Greeks have what they call Katharathephtera, or Clean Monday, which marks the beginning of 40 days of fasting before Easter. 40 days? And people do it voluntarily. They'd be force-feeding hunger strikers through a tube long before that. In reality, though, hardly anyone tries to do Lent on a few sips of water a day but a lot of Greeks do seem to abstain from eating meat. And to prepare for six weeks of a Sulaki-free diet, they have what's called Sikhnopempti on the Thursday before Lent. This is when most Greek people stuff their faces with as much meat as they can lay their hands on, or I should say as much as many of them can afford these days. I've heard some Greeks refer to Sikhnopempti as Smelly Thursday, which I initially thought was a reference to the, how shall I put this, aromas emanating from certain orifices as a result of an overindulgence in meat-eating. Almost disappointingly, however, I later discovered that the smell they're talking about is actually the smell of meat being cooked rather than the, well, I'm sure you get the point by now. Easter in Greece is much more important than Christmas the direct opposite of Britain, where Christmas cards and all the other tinselly paraphernalia start appearing in the shops as early as August, 
accompanied by endlessly piped carols and other Christmas hits, like Terry Wogan's heart-stoppingly dreadful version of the already appalling The Little Drummer Boy, Da Popa Pom Pom. Even Nana Muscari recorded the damn thing, in French. Why? Was it some kind of incredibly foresighted revenge against Sarkozy and his ilk? Then there's I wish it could be Christmas every day, yay. If shops in Britain get their way, it very soon will be every bloody day, yay. Roy Wood, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, you expect this kind of drivel from the likes of Cliff Richard and his vomit-inducing mistletoe and wine, but surely not from the man who created such great songs as See My Baby Jive. OK, sorry for the mini rant there but perhaps you'll understand my venomous response to Christmas Muzak better when I tell you that I once worked in a large department store during the Yuletide shopping frenzy, one of my many temporary jobs in the past, and I was inflicted with a musical equivalent of snuff movies for eight solid hours every single day. Or should that be day yay? It was all right for the customers, at least they could escape after 20 minutes or so. As for me, I used to have to go home every night and listen to three Leonard Cohen albums on the trot to cheer myself up. At least in Greece they don't start all the Christmas nonsense until a respectably short time before the big event itself. But even that seems to be creeping earlier and earlier these days. Anyway, back to Easter in Greece. About half of the Greek population of nearly 11 million live in Athens. But during the Easter holiday... Many of these returned to the towns and villages they came from originally to celebrate with their extended families. The highlight of the festivities is lunch on Easter Sunday, when they all get together to feast on the lamb they've been roasting on a spit since early in the morning. It's very much a family thing, so we felt very honoured when the family who runs our local olive press invited us to join them on our second Easter in Greece. Having been a vegetarian for over 25 years, I managed to avert my eyes from the lamb which was slowly revolving on the spit, its teeth bared in a kind of insane grin and its eyeballs protruding wildly out of its roasted skull. But the smell was inescapable. Then there was the cocorezzi, considered to be a great delicacy and only eaten on special occasions like Easter. According to one recipe I came across, the main ingredients are... Guts of lamb, you might need guts from more than one lamb. Ask for two hearts, two spleen, liver and one lung. Two testicles, bowels of lamb. At least four are required for a medium-sized cocorezzi. But just the two testicles then. And here's an extract from the recipe instructions. Start skewering the guts onto the suvla, the iron stick used for roasting. Pin one end of the first bowel in the one side of the suvla and wind the intestine around the skewer. If the bowel reaches its end, tie it with the end of the next bowel and continue to wind until all bowels are wrapped and no guts are visible. Brackets, you should only see the bowels along the suvla. Hmm, nice. Now that's what I call irritable bowel syndrome. Anyway... 
The weather was fine that particular Easter Sunday, so tables were arranged in a long row in the courtyard, and when about thirty-odd people sat down to eat, I found myself sitting next to a fairly elderly papas, a Greek Orthodox priest. He looked me up and down a couple of times, and then asked me if I was German. In this area of Greece, people tend to assume that if you're not Greek, you're probably German. After I told him I was English, he asked his next question. Are you Catholic? Uh, no. Are you Protestant? I told him I wasn't, and half expected his next question would be whether I was animal, vegetable or mineral. Instead, he asked me if I was religious at all. When I said I didn't really subscribe to any particular religion, he nodded as if to convey that this was perfectly acceptable. But then he pointed at the plate in front of me, which was laden with salad, cheese and other veggie stuff. But you have no meat, he said with obvious astonishment, and seemed to be about to summon someone to rectify this oversight. Uh, no, I said, I'm actually vegetarian. The priest threw up his hands in horror, and by the look on his face it was as if I'd just told him I was Satan incarnate or one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'm pretty sure it was as much as he could do to stop himself making the sign of the cross. Apparently it was okay to be bordering on atheist, but being vegetarian was a sin far worse than anything Vlad the Impaler could ever have dreamed up. As far as I remember, the priest didn't really say much to me after that. I also seem to remember that Penny and I went home that night and watched all four and a half hours of the greatest story ever told on the telly. This is hardly surprising in a way, as during the couple of weeks up to and including Easter, all of the Greek TV channels show almost nothing else but films about Jesus. Sometimes, though, the Jesus link is rather tenuous, to say the least. The problem is that there are so many viewing hours to fill, and the various channels can't all show the same movies, so they end up seriously scraping the barrel. I can imagine some vigorous head-scratching in the programming departments of the TV stations when they're planning their Easter schedules. What about Spartacus, then? Spartacus? You mean the one with Kirk Douglas and all the I am Spartacus, no I'm Spartacus business? That's the one, yeah. Jesus in that one, is he? Don't think so, no. There's a lots of Roman centurions in it, though. Fair enough. Stick it on the list, then. I'm not sure why programme schedulers on a Greek TV channel would be Welsh or sound a bit like a North of England ferret fancier, but there you go. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm a little late saying Kalopaska, and I should really be saying Kronopola instead, which is what you're supposed to say after Easter has been and gone. Literally it means many years or many happy returns, as we'd say in the UK. On Easter Sunday itself, and for a few days afterwards, people often greet you with Christos Anesti, Christ has risen, and the standard response is Alithos Anesti, truly he was resurrected. I got this a bit wrong one Easter, when someone said Christos Anesti to me, and without thinking I replied Episis, which is what you usually say to most other greetings such as Nasta Kala, be well, or Kaliev the mother, have a good week. Apesis means something like you too, 
but in this context was totally inappropriate because what I'd effectively said in response to this guy's Christ has risen was, and so have you. Got a bit of a strange look for that one. Anyway, that's about it for now, so thanks for listening, and until next time, cheers. Yasas, genastic alak.